This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Everyone, welcome to the podcast under the stairs. This is bonus episode 397. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this bonus episode, it is time for Movie Club. This is Challenge Teapot's March 2022. This is listener reviews of our third, the penultimate in this first chapter of our look at Brian De Palma. This one is Phantom of the Paradise. After the first break, we'll be doing your listener reviews of that movie. But before we get to that, let's catch up with where we are under the stairs. Closing it a month, a very hectic, bizarre, and at times often wearisome March. For some reason, this month just felt like it took forever to get done. But I think... To be honest with you, I think it's one of those ones where like, I think the going away, checking out the stuff at the Glasgow Fright Fest has just kind of made me go, oh, you know, just like it, it, it made me see movies that I thought were incredible that I can't wait for you guys to check out. And other ones that just made me think, why, <laughs> why, dear God? Um, and as a result, there's been a weird fatigue in this month with podcasts under the stairs which we are shaking off toot sweet in line for all the cool stuff that will be coming your way real fucking soon including in the background a little draw that will be happening tomorrow uh, live on the podcast under the stairs facebook group page for summer series that's right the summer series draw is happening tomorrow so get yourself ready for that in terms of what you can expect basically everywhere else we do things um this week we dropped a brand new episode of chronicle so go and check that out the baz was on that episode and we talked about the phenomenal weird twisty turny at times darkly comedic the vanishing from 1988 the baz also joined me on this feed at the start of the week as well when we sat down and discussed the new ty west movie x so there you go that is you pretty much all caught up i think i don't think there's anything else we need to discuss or is there you never know with podcasts under the stairs you never know i know what i know though which is that we need to do the trailer for the movie that you guys reviewed and then you can hear those reviews we are going to take a short break promos for shows that i love are going to play you're then going to hear the trailer for phantom of the paradise when we return your reviews right after this this is michael kai a world-winning film actor you may know from such cinematic achievements as a muppet's christmas cow and jaws for the revenge where i played a character named after a fucking sandwich i approve of the following promotional message do you like movies well of course you do you silly twit you're 
listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with... They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the 1960s the next, and then back to something like Singing in the Rain, the next episode, they must be destroyed on sight! Maybe for you. So tune in and join regular hosts Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and Lee Hardy, as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, Drive Through. 20th Century Fox presents Phantom of the Paradise, a gothic horror story. What was that? A beautiful love story. A cinematic odyssey through the rock universe. From Greece to glitter and beyond. The story of a sound, the man who created it, the girl who sang it. The monster who stole it, and the phantom who haunts the paradise, the ultimate rock palace. Phantom of the Paradise. My music is for Phoenix. Only she can sing it. Anyone else that tries dies. Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, you told me one time that you'd be somebody that you weren't working just to survive. B. There's no! Man, you better get yourself a castrato for this. Paul Williams as Swan. And the angels that I want you to stop terrorizing the paradise and rewrite your cantata. And the Phantom. Phantom of the Paradise. And welcome back, ladies and gents. You just heard the trailer for The Phantom of the Paradise. We have three reviews in for this movie, ladies and gents. It's the usual customers returning again to keep you guys occupied. So let's start at the top with the audio review from our good buddy, David Garrett Jr. And David says... Hello, Duncan and T-Puts listeners. David Garrett Jr. here once again for Movie Club Challenge as we take on the next Brian D. Palma film. One that I've actually had seen one time prior to this, but had been one that I had been meaning to give a rewatch to. Now, this one being The Phantom of the Paradise. Now, I had never heard of this movie until reading Fangoria's Top 300 Horror Movies issue, and this one was featured there, so it went on a list of movies to check out. My first viewing was... 
as I was kind of working through all of the takes that I could find of Phantom of the Opera. Now, it was interesting to learn that this was written and directed by De Palma and had Paul Williams doing the music. So the first thing I kind of noticed while watching this one is that this movie starts off in a flurry as it goes to set up everything that we're getting. Having seen this one other time does help. There are parts taken from a few different things here as well. I noticed the Phantom of the Opera, Faust, the Portrait of Dorian Gray, and Frankenstein just off the top of my head. Knowing a bit more about De Palma, this doesn't shock me. I don't mean that necessarily as a negative, but just kind of figured that it's kind of like some of his other films where he borrows from, you know, a few different sources, kind of meshes them up together to make his own product, which I can respect. So I think this is an interesting take on the Phantom of the Opera story. We're getting a 1970s rock opera that has a much deeper storyline underneath it. This is a satire of the music industry and how cutthroat it is, as well as how corrupt it can be. I found this to make it much better for me because it's interesting how all these people want to be in the industry, but we see how badly it treats them. We have our, you know, main woman of Phoenix who was brought to an orgy but still willing to audition as a singer. When she makes it, she is willing to give up her body to Swan to become more famous and stay there. Winslow is beaten, maimed, and still wants to work in the industry. It feels like this is kind of the old adage of the show must go on. Now to circle back to Winslow as the Phantom, his opera house is the paradise. Phoenix is a young woman that is out to help. He is disfigured so she doesn't want his help anymore. Phoenix is willing to do more than in the original story for that woman that is being helped by the Phantom. Now Beef is the more famous person in the opera that the Phantom is targeting amongst others. I thought all this is done creatively to take elements from that story and update it in different ways. I also like that this film tied in with Faust, which is, you know, fascinating because that is the rock opera that Winslow is writing. Him, Swan, and Phoenix all sign their souls over to make it, which again seems like we're getting into the music industry with that idea. I also found that they have a lot of references to birds. There is Swan, Phoenix, the logo of Death Records is a dead bird, and the Phantom's mask also looks like a bird. That should be enough for the story, so I'll take us over to the acting. I thought Finley was great as Winslow and the Phantom. He is a true artist, but we see the dangers of the industry. Once he's given up, he wants to help Phoenix. The movie is absurd, so is Finley's performance. I like Williams as our villainous swan. We never can be trusted fully, and it's fitting for his reveal. He is our Dorian Gray. Special credit to him for writing most of the music as well. Now, Jessica Harper is an actress I have a fondness for. I forgot this was her feature film debut because my first encounter with her was Shot Treatment, where she plays a very similar character, and I wouldn't be shocked if she got cast in that because of her performance here. Of course, there's also Suspiria, which is an all-time favorite. I also like Garrett Graham and the rest of the cast around us out what it was needed. Graham's another one that is just hamming it up here, and looks like he's having a fun time, and I really enjoyed his performance. So my biggest issue for this film is that it moves so fast. It rushes through all these plot points and is a non-stop until the ending. That's how I thought the first time around, at least. I would say that that first act is rushed, but from there the movie is your typical musical. It does well in filling in parts before the next musical number, which I do appreciate after the second viewing. Then the last things I want to go into would be the cinematography effects and the soundtrack. For the former, I thought this was shot well. We're getting to Palma's famous split screen. It does make for some interesting reveals and sequences. I don't know if it's as Hitchcockian though, where it's not necessarily building as much tension just because some of the people I don't really have a connection with, but I think it's still interesting what he does there. I love the look of the Phantom. 
The theme for the performances on stage are interesting as well. We also don't get a lot in the way of effects, but it doesn't necessarily need that. So other than that, I thought the soundtrack works. It isn't one that I'll listen to outside of it, but there are just some numbers that made me laugh. And, you know, going back to something I said, special credit to Graham. So now with that said, I like this after my first viewing, and I appreciate it more after this one. I felt like the story that we have has been done quite a few times and did something a bit different. This version combined Phantom of the Opera with Faust, amongst other things, which I found interesting. This one has a lot of underlying issues that are still relevant today for the music industry. That's something that makes a film better for me. The acting was good, concept and story were as well. This one is a little bit cheesy for today's standards, but I found it to be interesting take on a well-known tale. I would recommend giving this one a viewing. If you are into like odd movies like this, it won't be for everybody though, but if you're kind of like a Rocky Horror fan, I think this is right up your alley. So my rating here for Phantom of the Paradise, Duncan is going to be a four out of five on the T-Put scale. And then for my tagline is going to be, welcome to the paradise. It is a rocking good time if the phantom allows it. Thank you once again, Duncan, for doing these. Can't wait to hear the episode and everybody else's thoughts and to see where we go next. This is David Garrett Jr. and I am signing off. And thanks very much to David Garrett Jr. for his review. Let's move into our penultimate review. This one in from our good buddy, Tim Walker, who says, Dear Duncan and Teapots people, De Palma movie number three for Teapots Movie Club is Phantom of the Paradise, an over-the-top rock musical with a classic horror feel. When it was picked, I couldn't remember if I'd seen this one before. It's one of those movies I may have seen in the mid-2000s, but looking back on it, I may have not. George Romero's Martin is another one that I'm not sure if I've actually saw. Turns out I hadn't seen this one before, or if I did, I didn't remember absolutely anything of it. How could anyone forget Phantom of the Paradise? Yeah, this was definitely a first time watch. It's beautifully shot with one hell of a lot of style. The acting is excellent all round and Jessica Harper is an absolute cutie. I like the references to not only Phantom of the Opera, but the picture of Dorian Gray as well. What I didn't like, well, to be brutally honest, the music. It's well made, like I said, but it's just not for me. I don't like musicals in general and I didn't like any of the music in this one. None of it. That's a big negative for a movie. That whole thing is music. Also, while I did like the nods to classic horror, it kind of made me just want to watch those movies. Kind of like a cover band or a disappointing movie remake. Even if it's halfway decent, it just makes me want to put on the other one instead. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? Well, no. Not really. Not in this case. They might balance out each other though. I do really like the visuals, the actors and the classic horror feel, but overall The Phantom of the Paradise is just not for me. Musicals are not my thing, even horror musicals, even ones directed by Brian De Palma, whom I am a fan of. What would be my rating? Well, I won't give it a negative rating because, like I said, I was really impressed with the visuals and such. So two and a half out of five, I think, is the best I can do. Not negative per se, but not a positive review either. Sorry, Duncan. I think that ends my positive review streak but it did last a hell of a long time. Well, over a year, if I'm not mistaken, even though some movies like Ganja and Hess came close to ending prematurely. 
Oh well, you can't like everything no matter how hard you try. Some movies are just not for me and this one just ain't for me. The tagline for this movie, the most amazing extravagant horror rock opera ever filmed. You've got to punch it up, right? Musicals have to be a little over the top, right? People don't just break into song everywhere in real life they did with Lock Them Up. Over the top is definitely the best way to go with musicals. Anyway, I tell my teapots people, take care, stay safe and don't trust anyone named Swan. Lord of Illusions had a Swan character too, didn't it? Tim. Thanks very much Tim, always great to hear from you. So sad to see that positive streak go, but I've got a sneaky suspicion I'll win you back on the next one. Right ladies and gents, one more review coming your way it is of course from the patron saint of Movie Club. This is our good buddy Lee Russell and Lee says... Okay, Phantom of the Paradise. Damn Duncan, we got two bangers in a row here. Giving away my uh, thoughts on this one a little bit, but uh, this is one I've seen here and there over the years. I grew to appreciate it a lot more as time went on at the point now where I absolutely love it. Uh, loved revisiting it here for a movie club it had been 10 years since i've probably last seen it probably something like that uh i'm gonna try to jump to as many little points here as possible with still being fairly brief um i don't want to go too long there's just so much to talk about in this film like it, it deserves it's one of those ones that deserves a whole podcast episode on so this is a very lively musical rock opera. Obviously, it pulls from Fan of the Opera, Picture of Dorian Gray, and Faust, of course, or Faust. De Palma smashes it into this 1970s glam rock aesthetic with some, like, giallo trappings to it as well, which is very cool. And I feel like, uh, while a contemporary movie like Rocky Horror Picture Show feels similar and just as fun, Phantom has more focus and is less campy, yet still quite funny in parts too, especially from the performances and the pop culture parodies and critiques of pop music in general and the sort of retro fetishism that music likes to do and culture just likes to do in general anyway. When you have like the 1950s greaser act that then turns into the uh, Beach Boys act that then turns into like this um, almost almost like goth rock uh, kind of a thing, proto goth rock, and like it's all funneled like these this imagery this this fetishism of this uh, imagery is funneled into this more friendly pop music, and that's something that happens all the time. Uh, the film still manages though to be like a horror tale underneath all this, especially with the uh, video contract that we see Swan do with the devil, which is beyond creepy. There's so many neat little touches here that reminds you that, oh yeah, this is kind of a horror movie too. It's, it's, there's some really disturbing shit going on in this. Um, of course, Paul Williams himself here, his score and his performance are pretty singular. I mean, they're kind of the big things that I think about a lot. That and of course our uh, Phantom. I love William Finley as the Phantom, who is not a diabolical mastermind out for revenge, but more of a flawed and timid Avenger who's given to moments of rage and weakness and violence. And he's not really mentally up there equal to Swan in many respects. He's obviously, he's manipulated by Swan quite a bit. And his revenge is 
conflicted and it's a struggle at every turn. And I really appreciate that sort of idea here where he's not just, you know, doing the Vincent Price thing where he's like a mastermind who gets back at all of his critics and theater of blood, right? And, and kills them all in these amazing ways. Uh, Leech here, our phantom, is much more haphazard. He fucks up. He, can, he fucks up all the time. Jessica Harper is really good in this. She's just, you know, solid as the sort of innocent who's caught between the two opposing forces here. And then, of course, you can't talk about any performances in this without talking about uh, Beef himself, who's, you know, the duality of the stage persona and then the surprising real personality that pops out is just amazing. And his death is fucking amazing. Everything about him is fucking amazing. Uh, this is the De Palma I really enjoy, man. The, when, when he's doing films like this and Body Double, when he just seems to have this different energy about everything, uh, a more fun energy where all of his ideas seem like they get to live and breathe on the screen. Um, De Palma, you know, just gets to play around and have fun. He seems like he's just having a blast here. He's playing, playing, paying homage to a multitude of film techniques uh, genres and just specific films in general uh, stuff like Dr. Caligari like I said there's the psycho spoof that's very funny that uh, just occurred to me that's one of the deaths in Ghoulies Go to College I wonder if they lifted that from this and of course he also does some like I said psycho he does some his usual sort of Hitchcockian stuff as well but this is a movie that proves he's not just a Hitchcock copycat right he, he's got all kinds of stuff he's informed by from films uh, that he's seen and he employs a ton of that stuff here just like he did in Body Double and of course there's lots of blood and gore makeup some of it not too great the makeup on the Phantom at the end when his helmet's off and you see his, his fucked up side of his face and his eye and stuff looks a little goofy especially in the clarity of like cleaned up prints and stuff like that. But I, it kind of works. It kind of works with the energy of the film. The, the film itself is kind of like kind of goofy. It's kind of like the best made trauma film ever in, in some respects. Like it, it kind of feels like something trauma might have a, attempted to make, you know, if they had um, even a thimble full of the talent and the money to do it. I love this film. Five out of five on the old scale as for a tagline it said rock and roll can save your soul but sometimes it can also damn it just ask swan you can trust him and that will do it for my review for this movie club looking forward to seeing what other people have to say about this one uh if anyone didn't like this one, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe kick him out of movie club. Um, now, anyway, cheers, Duncan. Cheers, movie club peeps. And we will be back next month for whatever Duncan has in store for us. Bye-bye. And thanks very much to Lee Russell for submitting in his review. Yeah, like Lee said, you will be, you will all be back next month. And it's uh, it's an obvious doozy, and I can't wait to do it. And it's you know like just a movie that I've seen an endless amount of times. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to 
uh, illuminating you in one week's time with uh, what will be your final De Palma movie until the back four months of 2022. But first, let me take a short break. Final break, if you will. I'll be back to close out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode at 397 this has been movie club challenge teapots for march 2022 the penultimate in this first chapter of our look at the movies of brian de palma exclusively in this first chapter do movies from the 70s and the 80s next month in fact one week from now i'll be giving you the final movie uh, before we take a essentially eight month break and then come back with another four De Palma movies to close the year out and uh, yeah next month is going to be a ton of fun I can't wait and you will all have fun as well I demand it there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs wherever you're listening right now has subscribed that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content do not stop there ladies and gents don't do it I know you want to do it but don't fucking do it hit subscribe to the teapots collective that way you get shows that i do over there as well like opera omnia doing the nasty chronicle and a little bit of where to begin with those shows are all churning out the episodes plus have a massive back catalogue of episodes you can peruse at your own leisure and the best way to do it is making sure you subscribe to both those feeds it's what supports me under these cold dark stairs if you don't like using podcatchers and you much rather just put your finger right on an episode and play it then check out our website tpotscast.com links to all the shows are there as well as a link to geoz's shite and other regrettable outbursts a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself the baz and scott and liam from scott and liam versus evil where we drink too much we talk about terrible life choices like drinking too much we, we read out weird news stories from around the globe and also your listener emails to boot jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts exclusively available on teapotscast.com you can check us out on facebook if you want to interact with me over there facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast will get you the podcast under the stairs for the teapots collective it's just simply a facebook page slightly different url facebook.com forward slash teapotscast and finally for jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a regrettable pod for those that shun the facebook's in favor of the instagrams and the twitters we call them the twin prongs of social media sexness where i come from you can interact with myself and the baz over there at teapots cast for both the podcast under the stairs will return for you this coming monday that's right we're gonna we're gonna cut this week short and enjoy a cold bitter dark weekend of what looks like to be fucking miserable weather Yay! But we're back on Monday for you, ladies and gents. Keep them eyes peeled for that. And until then, wherever you are, where the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off. <laughs>